It's another Saturday night and an all-new month of comedy. Tonight on the panel, we get up close and personal with two heavyweight comics, both tackling big topics and bringing their own stories to the stage and the air. From one of LA's finest to a Canadian veteran of radio and TV, it's raw, it's intimate, and we're finding the funny in all of it. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to an all-new Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And of course, as always, streaming all across the known MCU on Global News Online. This week's episode is brought to you, of course, by literally no one at all. We have our producer Vince Tedesco on the air with us. How are you doing this week, buddy? One day, one day we'll get a sponsor again. Well, and you know what, and uh, you know, this is a proudly Canadian show, Vince, and there's a Canadian topic I'm going to mention on this week's show. So, of course, uh, Gordon Lightfoot, treasured Canadian folk singer, an iconic Canadian musician, passed away this week. But here's one thing I want to mention, Vince, because I've been saying this for years. Canada (laughs) is a four-gourd country. Four gourds and seven beers ago. This is a a four-gourd country. So you have, of course, the late Gordon Pinsent the Canadian actor who passed away this year, Gordon Lightfoot, of course, the late great Gord Downey of Tragically Hip, and Gordy Howe of Hawking. So what we need in this country, Vince, and I'm starting this petition right here on this show this week on Inside Jokes, because it's not all about the comedy. It's also just purely Canadian. We need to build in this country a Mount Gord more. That's what we need. This is a four-gourd country, and we wow. need a four-gourd more. Let's make it happen in Canada. But anyways, switching topics, uh, we do have an interesting double panel this week. So first up, we got a huge headliner coming in from L.A., Mona Shake, who's bringing a series of all-women comedy shows to Toronto's new comedy bar, Danforth. And then a little later on, speaking of Canadian icons, we have a very notable Canadian comic, Gavin Crawford, who most of our listeners will know from his turns over the years on This Hour has 22 Minutes and, of course, his own Gavin Crawford show. But he has a podcast project now that is a very, very different tone for him. This tackles the world of Alzheimer's, and he talks to a lot of guests in comedy, showbiz, and entertainment who all have experiences with people with Alzheimer's and dementia. So, decidedly different project for him. So, we got two comics bringing their own very specific shows to the stage, to the air, and tackling some big topics there's a lot to get into. We're finding the funny in it, Vince. And again, hashtag Mount Gordmore. Let's make it happen right here, right now. It's Inside Jokes. No more parties in L.A. Please, baby, no more parties in L.A. Uh, no more parties in L.A. Please, baby, no more parties in L.A. Uh, no more Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And as always, streaming all across the entire known goddamn universe on global news online and this week's episode is brought to you by literally absolutely no one at all we are almost at season eight and we are sponsor free and open biz it's like getting out of a long-term relationship we're out there we're ready to mingle and listen this is canadian comedy radio there's honestly there's no sponsor too small hit us up we're we're single and looking to mingle anyways First up, we are going one-on-one with L.A. comic Mona Shake, who is bringing her series of all-women stand-up shows to Toronto's new comedy to bar Danforth. So, of course, that is the new home 
of Toronto's infamous and much-loved comedy bar, which also is, I believe, turning 12 years old this year. So they're growing. They're expanding. Mona is hitting the mean streets of T.O. all the way from L.A. Mona's on the panel right now. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I uh, I went against my religion and uh, woke up early. So There yeah. we go. <laughs> and you're on L.A. time. You woke up at 9 in the morning to do Canadian chat radio. Woke up at 8, man. Sacrilege. Oh my goodness. Sacrilege. Yeah. I'm telling you though, you. This is what I always tell our American guests. After this, this is it. This is the big leagues for you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is how yes, I know I made it. Yes, you've done the late shows. Sure, you've done MSNBC, and you write in every publication on the planet. But I'm telling you, pseudo conservative Canadian AM chat radio. Your star is on the rise after this, my friend. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, man. When I see a, a straight white man in a beard and a hoodie, taping something from his bedroom. That's how I know I've made it. That's Dean. That's our Dean. Yeah. That is how you know. Yes. Welcome to radio in a post-COVID world. Uh, but it is interesting, though, because, I mean, you know, you have, you run this hit show, Minority Reports, in L.A., yeah. and, you know, you're, a lot of your own material, and, of course, the backdrop of this show does play against your own upbringing and, you know, South Asian heritage, set against sort of that backdrop of American culture and American values yeah. and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Did you find when you started producing that show and really the more and more, you know, it built word of mouth and the more and more this audience came out. Did you find with that show that you were sort of tapping into an audience that maybe wasn't really there before in live comedy and that was finally flocking to see something that better represented them that maybe nobody else was realistically doing at the time? Yeah, I mean, look, I started this show like seven, almost eight years ago. So this is even before Hollywood was having a conversation about like diversity and like more representation. They weren't even having that conversation. So I remember going to the comedy store, which is a world famous, you know, comedy club. A lot of legends came out of that club. Um, you know, uh, this this I, I'm I'm a brown immigrant chick that went to the comedy store and said, look, I I know that you're more than likely never going to pass someone like me at this club. Like, I know that. So what if I just produce a show for you where I bring people who don't fit, you know, your kind of, you know, mold that we're supposed to fit into because I don't fit in that mold. And, you know, they were kind enough to give me that show. And I um, made history, actually, by being the first South Asian person ever to produce my own show at the Comedy Store. So that was a big deal uh, in the sense that, you know, I was bringing on comics that, usually wouldn't get the platform at that club. They wouldn't get that opportunity. You wouldn't hear those stories coming out. You know, the, the, the those were not things that were being offered. But where Minority Reports really thrived is, you know, I, I mean, look, when we were at the Comedy Store, we were getting Tiffany Haddish. We were getting Rami Youssef. We were getting Finesse Mitchell, Mark Marin, Dave Chappelle. Like, all these big folks were just, like, coming through and doing spots. Like nothing, right? But it it's really when I stepped out of Comedy Store and took it to Orange County, where, you know, we did our first Minority Reports Desi Girls Night Out, which you guys, I'm sure know, Desi is a slang way of saying South Asian, um, which I think is a lot more common in Canada than it is in uh, America. America is still uh, catching up to the word Desi. And um, we had 330 women show up on a Wednesday night, okay? 330 wow. South Asian women to be specific. And that really kind of, you know, opened my brain up where I was like, whoa, there's like this big demand 
for this underserved market. And by the way, these folks have money, right? So they, they, they you know, they're pretty loaded. In Orange County, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty loaded. They are, they are happy to spend good uh, amounts of money to come watch someone like themselves on stage. And yeah. honestly, I, I realized that I tapped into something uh, that I've always had the faith and I've always had the vision for it. I always had an intuition about it. Uh, but, but I think when we kind of broke through that dam uh, that night and, you know, having LA Times show up to come and cover the show because it was the hottest show in town. Um, the mayor of Irvine shows up to the show. The mayor of neighboring cities show up to the show. That's when you're like, all right, I really tapped into something here that is really hitting a nerve. And, you know, then taking it to New York Comedy Club, we did, um, we made history there as well. Those shows were all sold out, um, you know, and uh, so under Minority Reports, we have a podcast, we have a live show, uh, yeah, of the TV show, but uh, my different sub brands, Desi Girls Night Out, that's the one that has been such a hot cake, um, that has been such a hot seller. We just uh, did another show up in San Jose last November. We had 400 women show up to that show. We just did a show two weekends ago. We had about 250 women show up to the show. So these are these are big numbers for us right now. Uh, where like we're really uh, doing the whole representation thing really well. And I'm very proud of the comics that I showcase. There we go. You're everywhere. You're all over the, but it is, but it's kind of funny. And I mean, even before we go to break, as you mentioned, you know, you started producing this show touching on eight years ago now, even in general, in the life of a long running live stand-up showcase like that, that is, that is a long tenure. A lot of, a lot of, shows don't really have that sort of long lasting ability to keep on consistently bringing out a faithful audience like that and constantly growing a new audience. I mean, this thing keeps spreading. You're having what the kids call a moment right now, but it's also one of those things where it's like, it's an overnight success, quote unquote, that you've also been working at for that's right years, right? I mean, you're, you're kind of all over the place. Uh, we're going to come back with more Mona shake and more of what these run of Canadian shows are all about and what we can expect to see live coming up here in Toronto at the Comedy Bar Danforth. We'll be right back with more Inside Jokes. Hello, this is Mona Shake, and you are listening to Inside Jokes, and you can catch me and my show Minority Reports at the Comedy Bar Danforth, May 11th through the 13th. We have five shows, all female lineups, all diverse, and you are going to have a grand old time, so come on out. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And of course, this week's episode is brought to you by Your Guess is as good as mine. We are seasoned. <laughs> Almost at season eight and sponsor free, baby. We are newly single. We are talking to Mona Shake from LA, who is bringing a run of all female comedy shows here to comedy to comedy bars. New Danforth home stage. That's right, Toronto. There are two comedy bars now. But Mona, before the break, we were talking about when you started Minority Reports. Originally, yes, it was at the world famous comedy store, and then you took it to Orange County. You're in the OC for God's sake. Now it's just all over the place. But yeah, I mean, you started this show almost eight years ago, and it really did blow up and build this following. I mean, again, as I said before the break, it does feel like you're sort of having a moment right now. We see you everywhere. You're all over network TV. You've been done all the late shows. You write for half the publications in America at this point, it seems like. You're at festivals everywhere. 
But it does feel like, again, you're having, it's like one of those overnight successes, quote unquote, that takes a lot of years to build and build and build. Yep. And you've also opened up for some of, I think, your own personal heroes in comedy over the years. When did you sort of have that first, oh, moment where it was like, I finally made it. This is unreal that this is happening. I'm obviously building that huge audience for your own show. But when you first stepped on stage with somebody and thought, this is crazy that this is actually happening right now. I, you know, I feel like, um, you know, the first time I got booked to open for Pat Oswalt, that was a really big deal for me. It was just me and my Pat. own favorites. Yeah, I love Patton. And he's such a great guy. And he had just lost his wife. So he was doing the depressing material. And he yeah. talked about it where he was like, I'm going to do this a last few times. I'm never going to do this set again. Right. I'm done with this. Uh, that was a moment where I was just like, oh, all right, we're not we're not we don't have to do open mics anymore. we don't have to do five dollars for five minutes anymore oh this is great okay now we're like kind of broken through the atmosphere a little bit um but i think for me the oh shit moment was when i emceed the women's march in san francisco um i'm the first uh south asian female comic that has performed in front of a crowd of sixty thousand. so that was wow. massive. that was like whoa all right what's going on right now this is this is crazy. Um, but I, I think you I think along the line, you have these oh shit moments a little bit where you're like sitting next to the people that you only watched and admired. And then next thing you know, you're on the same lineup as them or, you know, they're like giving you advice in the green room. And you're like, it's like talking to a television. This is crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, they're like, what's going on? You always feel like. I need to be better. I'm not good enough. Like, I need to be better than this. Every like, day, Mona, every day. Well, and I think, that's, yeah. I think that's hardwired into your mindset as a comedian as well, right? Because for, for working comics, it's always about just the next big milestone, the next big gig. I mean, yes, you're on the road, you're working, you're keeping the gig sheet full, you got to pay the bills. But right. I think it's, I, I think no matter how far along you get, I mean, even at this level in your career now, there must be still that element of just the same as when you started out where it's always about that next sort of big step, that next big get that next yes. big feather in your cap yes. and constantly moving forward. It's like, yeah, you I, can never worry about last night's set or tomorrow. It's it's always just about what's the next thing and what's my next set going to be. I know? feel like, I feel like I um, am uh, always, uh, I, I look at my career like, like a shotgun, like it's got to have a widespread, you know, when like, when you shoot, it's got to have a widespread. So I'm yeah. not just focusing on, you know, minority reports or I'm not just focusing on Mona Shake. I was mentioning to you guys, I have another brand that I built out called Web3 is a Joke that's taking place at Bitcoin Miami. So it's always about diversifying and just getting better and exploring new venues that are just going to take you to better places. Um, and um, and also, I don't have a life. Uh, so there's also <laughs> that. But, um, it's all about just getting out there and dick chaining people in the face with your comedy, right? That's, that's, what... The, that's what it is. Hey, Mona. Yes. Uh, for a moment, you said dick, and I was like, what's Yeah, yeah no, it, it went somewhere clean. I do have to mention even, by the way, Mona, I actually have a cat named Captain Oswalt. That is... Oh, my God. That's adorable. You know, that's I tweeted funny. that at Patton when that happened, so that was in honor of him, of course. So there we Aww, go. Oh, that's very sweet. Mona, one quick question I wanted to ask you. Do you... And I think I may already know the answer, but do you believe in retiring material? Like, once it's done, it's done. Like, there are some comics that are happy with living on the same sort of shtick they've been doing for the last six, seven, eight years, and then there's some that retired after, like, one year. It's done. 
on yeah. Netflix special. Obviously, okay. not everyone's going to get a Netflix special where they can, it's kind of cemented and archived in that kind of way. But For do sure. you believe in that kind of working on something, running it out and then say, I'm done, forcing yourself to come up with new stuff? Yeah, I think I think for me, what happens is that it's not even it's not even about like, oh, I'm going to like consciously retire it. It's more like I'm not there anymore emotionally. I've grown. Right. I'm not even that person anymore. That that joke, that material no longer applies to the person I've evolved into. Like that doesn't apply. So sometimes I'll go back and I'll listen to some of the material. I'm like, oh, that's cringe. I wouldn't do that again. Like I wouldn't do that because I've, I've grown it. So it's not even so much about saying, oh, I'm going to retire because I'm bored of it. It's more like I've just evolved as a person. My perspective on life has expanded. My eyes have opened further and I want to, you know, be able to do more evolved material. That's something that applies to, you know, where I am, like where I was when I started comedy in my late 20s is very different than where I am now right it's very it's a, because my life is different my my perspective is different I'm a much evolved different person so yeah I mean I I truly believe that sometimes you go back you know sometimes you go back and you're like oh there are some bits in it that I'll take and maybe I'll include it in another attack it on to a new material but right. yeah most of the time it just kind of naturally just kind of phases out where I'm like yeah I'm not there anymore I this, this doesn't apply to me um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to read any articles about my life or stuff, but <clears throat> I really kind of opened up. It took me almost a decade to get up on stage and talk about the fact that I grew up in an incredibly abusive household. You know, there was a lot of abuse in our house. There was uh, I was just so ashamed of it. I couldn't bring myself to get up on stage and talk about what physical violence does to you as a child and the amount of uh, shame you carry as a person uh, coming from a conservative Muslim family, being an immigrant, being a Pakistani immigrant, uh, you know, all always uh you know the the honors always put on the woman and which is total bs um you know the which is total bullshit you know um and i think really kind of tackling these taboo topics and really kind of going in and not being afraid of it um and i feel like that's why i chose to do uh this show that i'm doing ground trash uh at the comedy bar danforth on may 13th at seven o'clock that show is all about my life right i'm just literally just breaking open of all the things that I'm fearful of, like all the things that I've been ashamed of and have always kind of held on to as something that is of embarrassment to me. Um, you know, that going up with these cultural conditioning of like, well, you don't talk about that goes down on your family in public because that brings shame to the family. And I'm like, screw this. Like, that's the very thing that I'm going to do now. And I've like really kind of made a very uh, solid, very kind of firm decision on really going after and talking about things that I'm most fearful of. And I want to, you know, do these things and say these things regardless of my fear. And I really want to go after them. Yeah. There we go. I love it. And I love, I love how open and honest you are in this material and honest. And I also think that there's going to be a huge audience here in Toronto for you to tap into. I think this is going to be a great spot for these shows. Uh, before we do let you go, Mona, cause we could talk all day about this. I feel like we have to have you on another time just to educate us about Bitcoin. Cause I, I have no idea how that works. I still don't understand CDs. But anyways, Mona. <laughs> That's all right. I'll come back and I'll talk to you about that. There we go. You can you can give us a Bitcoin educational episode. Uh, where can we follow you online? Where can our listeners get you on the social, grab tickets to the show, all that good stuff? 
All right. So uh, you can follow me. You can check my stuff out at Mona Shake, S-H-A-I-K-H.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Mona's Comedy. My Facebook is Mona Shake Comedian. And our shows are Minority Reports with a Z because we're cool. Uh, MinorityReports.com. Uh, you can uh, also follow us on Instagram at Minority Reports with a Z.com. Uh, shows are from May 11th through the 13th. May 11th, 8 o'clock. We are uh, all our shows. We have five shows. They're all at the comedy bar danforth um may 11th eight o'clock shows kicks off with desi girls night out um may 12th at eight o'clock we have international women's comedy night out so uh this desi girls night out show that we have we have all south asian female comics from the u.s and canada so it's like the first show of its kind that has all these comics from two different uh countries in that sense and then we have Desi Girls Night Out again on May 12th at 10 o'clock. May 13th, 7 o'clock, we have Brown Trash. Why? Because why should white people have all the fun? Uh, because <laughs> my family is brown trash, and I wish to talk about it. Uh, so that's May 13th, 7 o'clock. And then May 13th, 8.45 p.m., we have an International Women's Comedy Night uh, with Al Val and Zabrina Douglas and Heather Mariko and Cassie Cow and Harpreet Sembi and Rush Kazi and Natasha Chendel and myself and Sabine Sadiq. We have like some phenomenal. It, these are all female comics and I'm very, very proud of this lineup. So I'm very, very excited to work with all these comics. That's a that's a great Woo! lineup. Toronto's heavy hitters for sure right there too for our local listeners. We will be back with more Inside Jokes, but Mono Shake, thank you so very much. And to our listeners, do not miss that run of shows coming up starting May 12th at Comedy Bar on the Danforth. Hit up comedybar.ca, follow Mona Shake online. We're going to come back with more Inside Jokes. Gavin Crawford coming up next. Hey, it's National Treasure Gavin Crawford, and you're listening to Inside Jokes. So Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And of course, as always, streaming all across the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe on Global News Online. Maybe they <laughs> could sponsor the show because this week's episode, of course, is very notably brought to you by literally no one at all. We are approaching season eight sponsor free. We are newly single and looking to mingle. And believe you me, dear listeners, this is Canadian comedy am radio so there's quite honestly no sponsor too small thank you again to mona shake do not miss their run of shows coming up at comedy bar's new danforth location this weekend of may 12th hit up comedybar.ca but now we are switching gears we have a canadian comedy heavyweight joining us for the first time on the air on this show in almost eight seasons so quite frankly shame on us but i'm very excited to have him here the one and only gavin crawford who of course a lot of our listeners will know quite well from his long-running tenure on this hour has 22 minutes and his own Gavin Crawford show but right now has a very interesting new project a new podcast project and of course listeners of his on CBC radio have also tuned into this but it is a very personal specific and I would say deeply intimate new project that I want to get into here but before we do that we'll say hello Gavin Crawford how are you sir hey I'm good how are you doing that was the rambliest intro ever gavin <laughs> yes our listeners know you from network television they know you for from cbc radio they know you from your material and your comedy over the years this is a very specific project that you have right now and that is near and dear and close to the chest for you before we do get into that though because you are a very infamous face in canadian comedy our our listeners all across the country know you quite well you're a very famous comic oh, so 
a Canadian topic I wanted to throw your way. Uh, this past week, we of course lost uh, Gordon Lightfoot, another Canadian, co- uh, not, not Canadian comedy icon, but a Canadian icon. The hilarious, yeah, the hilarious Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> Solid five, that Lightfoot. Remember, yeah, remember his tight seven on the Edmund Fitzgerald. Uh, oh, those that parody <laughs> song about the Edmund Fitzgerald is great. He was really the Weird Al of our time. He was the Weird Al of our time <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> Somber Weird Al. But I have a long-running theory, Gavin, is that Canada is a gourd, a gourd-based country. This is a four a four-gourd country. Four gourds and seven beers ago. So we had, of course, the late Gordon Lightfoot, the late great Gordon Pinsent, the much-loved Gord Downey of the hip, and Gordy Howe. So here's what I want to start a petition for on this show, Gavin. And of course, you have the CBC weight behind you. We need in this country a Mount Gordmore. That's what we want to see happen. This is a Gord-based country, I think. We could just change the national anthem and just add an R to wherever it says gar- God. Does Gord keep stand on Gord for thee? Yeah, we stand on Gord for thee. Stand on Gord keep for our thee. land, Gordius and free. Oh, yeah. I love that. I mean, it's an easy change. It's very simple. I feel like a lot of Canadians would get behind it. People are changing the anthem every two, three months now. I mean, That's true. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's fluid now anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if they can get rid of, like, Sun's Command or whatever, it's all of us command. And, you know, in Gord we trust. I love that, actually, Gavin. That's a brilliant. Put the Gords in there. Just put them, put them right in there. That is fantastic. Okay. I do want to get into what this podcast is all about. Because, again, this is, a, this is really close to the chest for you. This is a deeply personal project that you're working on. So, let's not be kidding. This whole... So this all started with your own mother's battle and journey with Alzheimer's and your own experiences with that. And now you talk to a lot of guests. I mean, a lot of guests from the worlds of comedy and entertainment and showbiz and music, a lot of friends of yours in show business and their own personal experiences and struggles with this. This is, I mean, for, for our listeners who know you from your comedy, they know you from watching you on TV. They know you from characters. They know you from CBC radio. This is a departure for you in a lot of ways. This is a very, different project yeah i mean on one hand it is it's a bit of a step out for sure because like you i guess you kind of show the sad parts too which normally uh you know in comedy we just do those at the table after the set and so (laughs) you know but uh yeah i mean and basically it started because i was trying to make it into comedy because you know alzheimer's i mean it's the case with my mom it was very long like 10 years of very long and very absurd things happened that are you know terrifying but also like you know there's just hilarious things that you know you it's so absurd that you're like i gotta make jokes about this uh, but I didn't know how to do it. Like, I'm like, do I put this in a stand-up show? It's not exactly the right venue. And also, you know, when you're on stage, you got to preface it with like, so my mom has Alzheimer's. Then you lose the room instantly because they feel like too sad for you. <laughs> and then you're like, no, 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 but it gets better. She's eating cat treats. It's very funny. Um, like, but, So I was like, how do I, how do I kind of marry these two things together? And it just seemed like a podcast was, well, A, I'm too lazy to write a book. And a podcast just seemed like, the place where you could kind of like marry those two worlds. And then I realized as I was going along, like a lot of people that just are my friends uh, are comedians or entertainers. And I, a number of them were kind of going through the same things like Aurora Brown from Baroness Von Sketch or Scott Thompson, obviously from genius from kids in the hall and Jan Arden. And I was like, you know, what if I just get together with them and we just trade our bizarre stories? It kind of started. Cause I was talking to Scott, I think in LA and he was talking about his mom had like, 
reached a point where she didn't really know who he was, but she was like quite taken with him and she would just relentlessly flirt with him and like put her hand <laughs> on her eye. Like, well, you're a tall drink of water. And we were just laughing so hard because it's just like my mom did that too, but she did it to my husband, not me, like, which was annoying. But you know, he'd come down the stairs and be like, well, who's this fella? And I'm like, mom, it's kind of like, and it's just so weird that I was like, you know, maybe if I, we, we just get together, we just kind of swap these, stories uh a it might be helpful to people and it also it'll just keep it lighter well that's the thing like you do have the levity in there and, and again it's 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 kind of stuff that hasn't really worked its way into your material on stage and it's interesting too because i mean we've we're talking about this on this show recently i think the reason why so many comics have flocked to the medium of podcasting and why that's become so married to the comedy world is because i think you're you're you sort of get to be yourself in a way that you don't when you're on stage because when you're on stage whether you're doing stand-up or in your case a lot of times in character in front of tv cameras you're a dialed up version of yourself you're sort of stepping behind something i think what people love about podcasts especially when you're listening to your favorite comics on a podcast you feel like you're in this room where a private conversation is happening you feel like it's just for you because that's this is you just being Gavin now. This is you sort of stepping outside of your material in a way that you probably aren't doing even on CBC radio, maybe necessarily, and you aren't doing on network TV and you aren't doing on a comedy special. This is just sort of you having a chat now at this point. Yeah. I mean, it is, I think definitely a, a, a little bit more of like, uh, I hate the word intimate, but yeah, it is like, you're just sitting around with, you feel like you're in the room with these like people and you're just kind of overhearing a conversation and uh, it does have a little bit more kind of immediacy which I think is uh, cool. <laughs> what? Or it's such lame. a niche. I don't too, know. Right? <laughs> it's so niche too. I mean, that's the interesting thing about podcasting is, I mean, yeah, you could do, you could do an hour of material about something specific like this, where you sort of hone it and polish it and go, okay, it's ready to be recorded. Now you could do episodes on the air about this, but in podcasting, it's such a niche format. You can go like, I'm just, I have a podcast about, buttons now like that's you know you could really just laser focus in on something and there's an audience for it out there so it's interesting too i want to we're gonna we're gonna come back from break with more gavin crawford and talk about this show but i want to see how much your audience from your other projects has maybe carried over and and tapped into this whole thing because it is such a specific topic but we're gonna come back with more inside jokes more of the one and only gavin crawford right here on 640 toronto Hey, it's National Treasure Gavin Crawford, and you're listening to Inside Joke. Society, crazy and deep. I hope you're not lonely without me. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And as always, streaming everywhere on the planet where there's the internet on Global News Online. And we are brought to you by absolutely not a soul. We have the one and only Gavin Crawford on the air with us right now, who again has an all new project, a podcast, Let's Not Be Kidding, which does tackle uh, life living with Alzheimer's and dementia. And your, you know, your experiences with your own mother and your guests on that show are your friends from sort of the entertainment world and the comedy world who also have dealt with Alzheimer's and dementia and just watching loved ones and family members go through that. Uh, One thing I wanted to pick your brain on as well is, I mean, for our audiences that for our listeners that know you best from, of course, 
right now on CBC Radio, but also know you from your own Gavin Crawford show in this hour. Politics and pop culture and social comedy was always sort of deeply imbued in what you did on stage, especially when you were in character. Satire was always a huge part of what you did, but there was always this sort of fun element of a certain amount of camp to it. Right now, I feel like we're living in a very ripe time in a lot of ways for satire because the world is just an extremely messed up place at the moment. I mean, there's so much social change happening and the climate is melting and there's maybe going to be a nuclear war. And We just had this little slight pandemic that we all just scraped our way through. Do you feel like right now satire is sort of more important than ever? Or do you feel like in your own material that it's sort of maybe more important right now to sort of step away from that stuff a little bit and just have fun again. Do you think we just are more starved for escapism right now in comedy? I think maybe like there's an element of like coming out of coming out of the pandemic and everyone's like a little messed up, whether they like know they are or not. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, there is a kind of a weird turn to just, I mean, satire is always important, but you know, it's very, it's hard to do satire right now because the world has become such a satire and everything is so polarized. Like that you're like, who are you, who is like, is one side ever reaching the other side or it's like the, so it, it does kind of feel like now is a good time to just lean into like silly. I feel like silly is really where I'm like hitting right now. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I'm because news, cause we're talking about the news every week. So we have to, <clears throat> be satirical or you know a little bit political or whatever it is but you know we will um you know like last time when polyev was getting on his big like de- state sponsored media thing yeah like we we're like how do we handle this and i'm like let's just lean into it and let's do like a whole segment as like russian state news quiz where all every answer is just glorious leader justin trudeau and so <laughs> that's what we did and it was re- it was it was perfect it was a perfect way to handle it because it was just like instead of talking about like is this ridiculous isn't we just like did it by example of this is what it sounds like if it's state-sponsored media and just got really silly with it and i feel like that was kind of the right way to go it kind of does too and it's funny too because comedy in essence is all about having a conversation because you're finding the funny. And I mean, again, this podcast project is a great example of this. You're finding the funny in sort of these darker sides of life. And you're taking the power out of these big, scary things in a lot of ways, especially when your comedy does touch on the political and does touch on social issues. So comedy is all about having this conversation and about, you know, stimulating that and and making it okay for people to laugh at these things. And right now we're living in this time where, like you said, everything feels so polarized and so divided we, where people have lost the ability to have a conversation. It's either you're with us or against us. You're on this side or that side. And there's no, it's just such a stark divide, it feels like right now in, in all these elements. Well, because it also feels like there's this, like a very real chance, like 10 years from now, we could be like living in The Last of Us or something. <laughs> you know, you're just like, hmm, where's my, where's, where do I go in the country where there's only one road in? Um, <laughs> You know, but I mean, that's the thing. So, yeah, I mean, but bleak times, like bleak stuff always, I think, I mean, especially for me, but it it does, you know, they always say, you know, comedy is tragedy plus time. And like, especially with this podcast, like it's like Alzheimer's moves so slowly, like the tragedy is going on for so long, like the comedy just catches up to it. Like you can't help it. You just have to be like, oh, my God, I got to laugh at this. Like, you know, and it's weird. You know, when when my mom. Oh, sorry. My mom, like, what, you know, one day she decided 
she forgot what a Christmas tree was. And she thought my husband like invented the Christmas tree. She'd be sitting there and she'd be like, whose idea was that to like bring a tree in the house? That looks really good. Was that Kyle? And I'm like, what are you talking about, lady? And she'd be like, you should tell your sisters to do this. That looks amazing. Oh, he is a, he's so good at that kind of thing. Trust Kyle to think of putting a tree in the house. And I'm like, yeah, I should get him to call the bay. Maybe he'll put them in the windows. Like, it is so kind of, well, I think the interesting thing with this show too, is that, I mean, obviously people who are already fans of yours and fans of your comedy and who maybe listen to you on the air already are probably, they're going to follow you to this podcast, but you're also tapping into a new audience with this because you're tapping into an audience of people who go, okay, I can relate to this. I lived this stuff. I mean, like you said, even in the darkest moments with knowing somebody who struggles with this illness and that phase in their life, there are those moments of absurdity that you just kind of have to find the funny. And I remember, I remember my own grandmother when we were like, okay, it's time to, she can't live in her own house anymore. When she put, she did a baking tray full of blueberries and hamburger and put those in the oven and said she was making a casserole. And then we were like, ah, it's time to sell this house. But you know, you have to, you're finding stuff that again, I think there's a whole new audience out there that's going to relate to this stuff. And you should put that on TikTok though, because I bet blueberry hamburger pie would go great. Somebody would make that on TikTok. The blueberry hamburger challenge on TikTok. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's do you think, I mean, clothes. was that part of, of this project as well for you? Is Because uh, again, obviously you, you already have a built-in listenership. You already have a built-in fan base. But was that important to you as well to reach out to a new audience that can just sort of maybe just find some levity in these stories and find some relief in a way from hearing you talk about this stuff? I mean, I think so in a way, like I know when I was going through it, like part of what was hard about it is I didn't really know how to talk about it or who to talk about it with. Cause it's not like you can really like bring it up at a party. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then, uh, but if I would he heard a podcast or someone on the radio sort of talking about their experience, I was able to like process that a lot better than say like any fictional thing about it. Like, you know, the movies like the father or whatever they, it's like they lean so hard into like the sad part of it. You're like, I'm living this. I don't need to watch that movie. Like, I love yeah. Hopkins, but no, thank you. Uh, but if it was actual, like, not fictionalized, so I think when we approached this, I was like, you know what? Why don't I just try to like be as kind of real about it as I can, and you know, get other comedians around. So when we start making really dark jokes, nobody is gonna get, like. It's a safe space. That's what it is. Because you do get dark. Like you know, every single one of us is like all thinking like. Is this happening to me too? Is this what I have to look forward to? And where, what, where does the fastest bus drive that I can walk in front of? It is true, yeah, because yeah. there are those moments where it's like comedy is just really the only medicine for that, and you're using it to sort of cope through this time. And yeah, it's yeah, again I mean, tragedy plus time, right? They say you have to laugh, and sometimes it's a cliche, but honestly, there are many times where you just, honest to God, you have to laugh. <laughs> It is true. There is no alternative sometimes. Uh, I love this project so much, though, because, again, I think it's, again, you 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 already have a wide audience in this country who knows you and knows your comedy, but I think you're putting something out there with this that a lot of people and a lot of new audience are going to just, in a weird way, find solace in, which, at the end of the day, if comedy can't give you that, what do we have it for, especially in these times we're living in? Gavin Crawford, before we do let you go, for all of our listeners out there, where can we catch you online, hear you on the air, of course, get this podcast, follow all things Gavin Crawford, all that good stuff. 
Yes, anywhere pods are cast, you can find Let's Not Be Kidding. Uh, also, Because News every week on CBC Radio or also available on podcasts. So it's me and three other comedians joking about the news. Canada finally has a panel show. And, there we uh, go. <laughs> yeah, and Instagram, Gavin K. Crawford, and that's about it. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much, Gavin. I'm glad that in almost eight seasons, we've finally had you on the air with us. We'll have to have you back soon. But again, thank you for doing this project. And of course, to our listeners at home, Tune in to Gavin on Because News on CBC Radio. And, of course, check out Let's Not Be Kidding on literally everywhere where podcasts are. Gavin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. All right. We will talk to you soon. That is our show. That is our panel. Thank you, Gavin Crawford. Thank you, Mona Shake. Again, don't forget to catch her live coming up at Comedy Bar's new second home on the Danforth. Hit up comedybar.ca. Check out Let's Not Be Kidding and Because News on CBC Radio. That is our panel. You can listen to all of our episodes right back to the dawn of time on Global News Online. We'll be back next week. This week's Comedy RX is Mona Shake. I did ask my mom, I was like, Ma, if a guy blows himself up, he gets 72 virgins. If I blow myself up, what do I get? And my mom said, you only get your husband. <laughs> what? A guy blows himself up, he gets 72 virgins. I blow myself up, I get my husband. I died to get away from him. <laughs> Like, now I'm stuck with him for all of eternity? <laughs> this is some BS. I want my money back. <laughs> I know there's a whole new trend now with white guys growing their beards out. Hello, sir. Exhibit A in the front. Oh, I know. Yeah. You know, there's a term for them. They call them hipsters. They had their own country. Silver Lake. <laughs> All you need is a pair of skinny jeans and a skateboard and you're good to go. Do you know what they call brown guys with beards? Randomly select at the airport. (laughs) 